Hey, this is Carleone. And this is Logan. And you're listening to The Manifest. And this is our newest episode. The Chick-fil-A sandwich. But, see, we do this at the beginning of every episode where we just kind of talk a little bit. And I think something that our viewers are pretty interested in in hearing, especially if they follow you on Instagram, they know that you are very much Chick-fil-A, one one God-minded. I think <laughs> I think it's, uh, it's, it's we're just having a little, a little discussion about the Popeye's chicken sandwich. And, you know, uh, truth be told, I have not tried the Popeye's chicken sandwich. Yeah. You gotta it's try okay. at least once. At least once. At least once. It, even if for nothing else, for the culture. You just know, to... I'm, I'm. One side of me, my logical side says, you know what, you need to give it a chance, give it a try. But my spiritual loyal side says, you know what, when you have tasted <laughs> of greater things, there's just <laughs> no substitute. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, that's that's truth. That's truth. Um, and I, and you know, I value my meals very very much. So I just can't risk a meal on a bad sandwich. I I so it's just you know like I respect every, that. Every time I'm I hungry, I got to go with something quality. Yeah, I do. I respect well, what, that. What your opinion is you really like it, right? Yeah, I do. I really do like it. I I think at one point I did say I'm not even gonna lie that yeah. I did say that it was better than the Chick Fil A sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> but for like, a, for like a whole two months, you said that. But, for our viewers, Landon Gore yeah. is standing up and stepping out of the podcast now. <laughs> but. I think after after having it a few times now after it's out again, I can say that it's it's just it's it's good. Like yeah. it's a sandwich that I could eat on Sunday when Chick fil A is closed. And it's it's good, but it's like it's not it's not Chick fil A. So basically it's a good plan B when you're carno yes. and backsliding, it's just it's yes. something to turn yes. to. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, all right, let's get into it. Um this is uh this is Logan. And this is Carl. Today, sorry, we're sharing uh, one mic between me and Logan. Yeah, so we're but it's be cool. Real close, up and yeah. up close and personal with each other. How was your week today, bro? Or not today? How was your week this week? How was my week today? My week today was just a day. It's only been a few hours, but my last week has been good. Um, we uh, had Brother Landon Gorin this weekend uh, to just speak oh, a word to there. all of the section to our church incredible services um really really anointed i know i'd i'll be honest with you landon was reading my mail most of the weekend that's for sure but it was really good i needed it um i know that i've had a lot of people already say just like man it was just it was awesome but um had a had a pretty good week dude bless bless can't complain can't complain what about you man um i think my my week was busy but it was well it went well um, I've been editing um, videos and audio for the Faith and Mental Health Conference we had last week. Or like, yeah, it was last week, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's that's been my, I mean, that's literally what I've been doing for the past week. Other than that, things have been good. Lab is good, school is good, all that. And today we're going to head to L.A., have a little fun. Yeah. You know, yeah, it'll be cool. It'll be cool. Cool, cool. Well, um, we are here with brother Landon Gore. This is I'm I'm not going to lie. Me and Carl have been wanting to do this particular episode since we started. Since we started, since we started we've been wanting to do this exact episode with Landon and it's 
I, it's awesome to be here, like actually doing it. Like it's, it almost honestly feels surreal. It's, it's very, very cool. Yeah. Um, but, uh, anyways, Landon, why don't you, uh, for those who may not know you, uh, the few, know, the few that don't know you really, honestly, the few that don't know you, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, where you're from, that, that kind of stuff. Sure. Absolutely. Well, first of all, man, it's a, it's an honor just to chill and chat with you guys and, um, hopefully say something that will be a blessing for those that are listening. And, uh, I think, uh, if a good portion of your listeners are from SoCal, well, then I gotta, I gotta say how much I love SoCal. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kind of switching from that, uh, first timer to, I, I don't feel like a stranger so much. I've been here a few times and, uh, so there's more and more familiar faces and just, man, just amazing, amazing people out here. And so it's just been a great weekend and an honor, uh, to have just the bonus time with you guys and to get to do this. And I think what you're on episode 27. And if yes, I sir. heard correctly, this is the one year um, anniversary, birthday, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah. So uh, happy podcast birthday. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so a little bit about myself. Um, I am from Dallas. actually live in a suburb area about 45 minutes away from downtown, depending on traffic. And I will say, I think y'all's L.A. traffic has us beat, though. Um, man, <laughs> we don't we don't got nothing on you guys traffic-wise. <laughs> but uh, so technically, it's a it's a suburb, but I, I say Dallas, and uh, I claim Dallas. And so, born and raised there, uh, my parents, uh, pastor, they're uh, right outside of Dallas. And so, um, I've got four siblings, or well, there's four of us all together, and uh, so I'm the oldest. And then I have a I have a 22 year old sister. I have a 14 year old sister. And ironically enough, I have an 11-year-old brother. And uh, so that is code language for life is never dull whenever I'm back in Dallas. And oh, so, yeah. <laughs> so I travel full-time. I evangelize stateside and overseas and uh, just kind of zigzag in and out of Dallas. Um, got to be there recently for uh, my sister's wedding and got to see family. And so I'm uh, my life is constantly on the go, but I always find myself going back to Dallas to to be with family and uh, if, I'm, if I'm not preaching in the area, I, I try to get in, get in time with them and be intentional about seeing, seeing them. I, I love my family. That's good, man. That's really, really good. Well, um, you know, I've, I've, I've been to, I've been to Dallas, I think twice just as for connecting flights, but I've never, <laughs> I've never actually been to, to go and hang out. I've actually been, I've been wanting to go to Texas. I've been wanting to go and I have a, a my cousin is out there in Texas too. And I've, I've actually been, I've been really wanting to go out there and oh, just you go got to visit the Texas visit the is city. amazing, but uh, I'm going to be biased. Obviously, you know, Houston and Austin and mm-hmm. so many just cool areas, the Panhandle. Yeah. Um, got to visit Dallas. Got to yeah. visit Dallas. And, yeah, you know, absolutely. you've only been to the airport. I don't know if that counts. I'm, I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it does either. I'm, I'm really. still in this debate of like, you know, I flew through Tokyo. And so I was yeah. like, man, I want to say I've been to Tokyo, but yeah. I, I've only <laughs> been never, there on, never a, really been. on a connection. Of, you know, yeah. so I'm just like, man, I try to get a coffee cup, you know, from Starbucks, wherever I go. And so I'm just like, yeah. I feel bad. I can't. I can't put my head on my pillow at night with a clear conscience. It's like, yeah. you know, I, I don't know if I've really been. That don't count. <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel you, man. I feel you. That's cool. That's cool. But uh, anyways, Carl, why don't you take over and, and get to these questions? So uh, our first question: um, This whole podcast really is going to be about uh, ministry, uh, but specifically ministry for uh, for people who are um, hyphen age, really, and even younger. I'd say youth and hyphen. Um, I guess our first question is for you because you 
I mean, for everyone, you know, who's listening, you know, or uh, that uh, Brother Landon Gore is, uh, you know, a really, really powerful preacher. And he's been doing a lot of events in SoCal. Uh, he was just at our hyphen conference. Uh, what was it? Like, like a month ago, right? Um, yeah, it was, it was like a month and a half ago. Yeah. And so most of you listening um, probably know he is an evangelist, uh, but he's also you know really young. How old are you actually? 26. 26. Super young. Um, and so for young people that want to sort of get into ministry, I guess um, this is a podcast for those people. Sure. And so our first question would be for you is, uh, you know, could you break down or, I mean, we haven't talked about this before, so... You know, Logan and I seem to agree that there's a stigma for young preachers and young ministers. Would you agree with that? And then sort of break that down. What do you think that stigma is for young ministers? Sure, sure. Well, I think, um, I think you know, um, there's always going to be stereotypes and stigmas that are thrown around um, with the younger generation. And obviously that means young ministers. And um, some of those things are, are very real realities that we have to be aware of. You know, if not careful, the younger generation and all of its passion and all of its zeal, you know, we have to we have to make sure that um, we still give room for the older generation and and their wisdom and and what they have instilled and what they are passing down. And so it, it really takes this two way trust. Like we have to trust those ahead of us that they've been where we have been and that they're not just an old school generation that that can't compute what we're going through and, and, and can't relate with what we're facing. No, they have been where we have been. Mm-hmm. And although their times may have been a little different, they face the same devil that we're facing. Um, they yeah. they they face some of the same end time spirits that yeah. we are facing now, and 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 they've just been through a life. You know, the, life has a way of, of of bringing a certain set of valleys and 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 trials, and and so they've they've been there, they've done that, they've got the t shirt, and 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 they've not quite 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 crossed the finish line, but they're ahead of the game, and so there's a lot that we can learn. Yeah. At the same time. You know, there is a trust that has to be from them to us that, you know what, we we want to stay true to our heritage. We want to stay true to the old landmarks and that while some of our methods might be different and we're going to bring innovation to the game and creativity and, and, and yes, passion and energy, uh, we're not wanting to change the message. Amen. And um, at the same time, we're also... Uh, there's also that trust that has to be bred that, um, you know what, we're, we're here to serve them. We're here to follow in their footsteps. You know, we're, we're not entitled. Um, they had to fight for what they got and, and we're having to fight for what we get. So I think there are some stigmas and I think there are some stereotypes that can float around. Um, but in reality, um, I think it's, I think the way that we get past that is just through mutual trust. You know, we, we respect those that have went up ahead of us, our youth pastors, our pastors, our bishops, our, our parents, those men and women of God that have went before us. And yet um, they in turn have to pass down that same, uh, get reciprocate that same trust. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's been my experience that there are so many great men and women of God that truly believe in us, that believe in the millennial generation, yeah. um, that that believe in the hyphens, and that believe in those that are even younger, and um, and so you know, there's different things that um, 
I could point out, but I'll just I'll just kind of stop and pause here. That I th- I think what's important is that we just um, I think that we not have this spirit of entitlement that we're just owed everything. Mm-hmm. Um, we are one of the most blessed generations. Yeah, yeah. Um, we are the Google generation. There there is no knowledge that is not at our fingertips, and so we're we we don't have any excuses, you know. Um, uh, and so, so much has been handed down to us, but yet we can't feel like that we're just, we're owed that, you know? So yeah. we, we've had, we're the, we're the generation that has had the most dropped in our laps and we've been given the most and it's easy to take it for granted and just think, you know what, I'm, I'm entitled to this. This is owed to me and it's really not. And so I think one of the greatest things that we could do is just to, to have that same, um, I guess I call it first-generation zeal and first-generation excitement and passion and hunger. And there's many people that are second, third, fourth-generation, and, and there's those that are not. Yeah. But we can all have that first-generation prayer life and that and that, that new convert, yeah. you know, zeal, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's, that's, that's very, very true. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head with, I feel like a lot of, a lot of this generation can almost feel entitled, like, like, like we're owed something sure and i think um you know there's there's nothing we don't we don't deserve anything really because in the end god god died for our sins we didn't we don't deserve to be where we are now we don't deserve to have the freedoms that we have we don't deserve any of these things so i think to for young people nowadays to feel like they're owed something is the wrong mentality to have as not only just throughout your life, but even as a Christian, it's right? God, God has gifted all of this stuff to you. You didn't deserve it. He gave it to you because He loves you. So that, to me, that communicates, you know, that we are we are simply stewards. So how do we combat that spirit of entitlement? We have to have a spirit of servanthood and stewardship, and that you know what, the older generation they had their assignment. We have our assignment, and I do believe it is a special assignment because. You know, it's 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 the end time where yeah. uh, we are a part of the eleven fifty nine shift. But mm-hmm. notice what yeah. happens when you know Jesus tells a parable of a a a a manager that has people work for him, and those that worked for him at the end of the shift are still paid the same mm-hmm. as those that were working before them. Mm-hmm. And so I think for us. We have to realize that while our assignment is unique and our assignment is special, ultimately heaven is is the reward for all of us. We're not yeah. in competition with the older generation. They're not in competition with us. We're yeah. simply coming together. And again, we're stewarding our mission. We're stewarding our gifts. We're stewarding our calling. Paul told Timothy, you know, don't let anybody despise your youth. And and I know I'm kind of continuing this, but, um, you know, so this, you know, I think any one of us could say, well, you know what? I'm anointed. I'm called. Don't despise my youth. Don't despise my age. But in reality, if 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 you look at the meaning um, behind that statement, really what Paul was saying when you break it down is live in such a way that no man can despise your youth. So yeah. it, it's not this, you know what? Bless God. I'm 15, I'm 17, I'm 23, I'm I'm 31, I'm anointed, and you just need to respect my anointing, period. Yeah. No, it's, you know what, God can use me, God does want to use me, 
but I got to live, I, I need to live my life in such a way that garners the respect of those that are looking at me, those that are watching me, those coming behind me, those ahead of me. So when, when we say that, you know what, um, that trust goes both ways and, and, and when we are stewards, that, that responsibility lies heavily on us. It, it's yeah. not just for everyone to, to bow down to our anointing. We yeah. have to live in such a way that, as Paul said, people can despise you. You know what? When I see that young lady, when I see that young man, whether it's a, uh, whether it's a pastor or, or a, an older saint of God or, or whether it's a new convert, new in the faith, or perhaps it's a, it's a, a younger uh, teen or preteen, someone looking up to us, they should be able to look at us and say, you know what? I can't despise their calling. I can't despise their anointing because you know what? I see a person of prayer. I see a person of of worship, I see a person of, of 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 submission. I see a person of radical consecration, mm-hmm. and so that that puts the ball back in our court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that was a great uh, sort of transition to the next question. You want to ask that one, Logan? Yeah. Um, do you think that you can be, or can you be too young to start, and you know? not just in in necessarily preaching but in ministry like what do you think that we as as even as a generation like i feel like even we do it to ourselves where we put you know an age limit on ourselves do you think that do you think that you can be too young great great question um you know personally i don't yeah. um i i really am convinced that as we see through scripture that God created us, formed us, knitted us in our in our mother's womb. And I believe, such as we see in the Old Testament with the prophet, that um, just as he ordained him to be a prophet in his, his mother's belly before he was ever even born, before he was ever even introduced to this world, God had already had a purpose on us. And so I do believe sometimes it takes time for our calling to maturate, for it to clarify um, and for it to kind of come into view. But I personally believe everybody is born with a calling, born with a purpose, born with a ministry. And I'm so glad that you make that distinction between preaching and ministry because preaching is a form of ministry. Mm-hmm. It's not ministry and all by itself. Yeah. It is just one outlet, one form. And so, mm-hmm. so many, so many of us are asking, well, am I called to preach? Am I called to be a minister, uh, missionary? Am I called to be a pastor or pastor's wife or evangelist well number one yes no maybe but we're all called to be ministry you know and um so what i think shakespeare said to be or not to be that's not really the question and so it's to to be a preacher or not to be a preacher that's not the question every single one of us is a minister every one of us have a ministry and you know what whether it's behind, you know, a computer doing a podcast or whether it's across the table at Starbucks or whether it's holding a microphone on a stage, there is so many forms of, of, of preaching mm-hmm. and ministering. And uh, I could take it a step further and say that I believe that we're all preachers in different ways. Our life yeah. preaches and gives yeah. a message. Yeah. And so, um, again, backtracking a little bit, I don't think any of us are too young to step into that. I think we put labels on ministry and we say, oh, well, I can't be a pastor until this age or I can't be a missionary until this age. But you can intercede 
you can pray, you can teach a Bible study, mm-hmm. uh, you, you can get behind your pastor, your youth pastor, right where you are at, at as early age as, as, as possible, you know. I, I, one of my mottos growing up was, if I'm young enough to be tempted, I'm old enough to be anointed. Mm-hmm. And I honestly can't say where I read that. I can't, I can't remember if, if I heard it. I don't know if it was just something God gave to me, mm-hmm. um, but I made it mine. And I'm just convinced that, you know, you, you, you just can't tell me that, that hell is after you before heaven is after yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, our world, as I've said many times, has, has I mean, we have child um, ce- celebrities and, and, and teenage sports stars. And when we look all throughout the world, there are people that are using their gifts and their talents in a secular way at a very, very, very young mm-hmm. age. I mean, there's, there's kids on you that are YouTube famous that, that yeah. are, that are just that they're kids. Yeah. Yep. And, yep. um, again, I could, I could stay on this a while, but I think it's so interesting is that, you know, when we see the story of David and Goliath, we, everyone knows David is young, right? And that's, that's what disqualifies him. Oh, David's young. He's, he's the least, he's the last. And he's too young to fight. This is above him. This is above his pay grade. He needs to just, he needs to go mow the lawn. He needs to go back to his buddies and, 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 and feed the, feed the sheep. But notice what the Bible says. It said that David was a youth and Goliath had been fighting from his youth. Hmm. So in reality, Goliath started when David started, mm-hmm. wow. but yeah. everybody was looking at the full process and the full, uh, or the everybody was looking at the end result, I should say, yeah. Yeah. of Goliath saying, "You know what? Here's this huge, giant of a man, just beastly in appearance, and so overwhelming and so intimidating." Well, where did he start? He started fighting somewhere. He yeah. started fighting sometime. He started when he was youth, and that's where that's where that's where David was. And so everybody was was judging David in his beginning. In his infancy and in reality he was he was a giant in the making and so there's so many among us among the millennial generation that 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 are giants for god in the making mm-hmm. but you got to start somewhere you got to yeah. begin somewhere and uh, again i'm just like i said i'm just convinced that you know when you're old enough uh to be tempted and hell's coming after you well man why why can't you be old enough to be anointed and for God to use you and uh, when that time is well I think that's a little bit um different for everyone but um I I got the Holy Ghost when I was six years old mm-hmm. and so I got the Holy Ghost at a very very young age and um and so I just had a I had a sensitivity to God from a very early age and, and I know of others that have even received the Holy Ghost sooner and uh but again I believe when we were uh, in the mind of God, I believe when we were in our mother's womb, I believe when we, the day we were born, and I believe all throughout the process, two, three, five, six, seven, into our pre-teens, into our teenage years, all the way to where we are right now, that that God is preparing and using us. And so, if um, if if you are too young to be in ministry, well, you're just going to have a hard time convincing me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's good. So um, our next question would be for you. Um, you said all that and that you don't believe that um, you can be too young. So what was your personal journey like becoming a minister? Okay. Uh, and I have to edit this out. So what are we looking at time-wise? Like, um, just so I kind of um, gauge. 
Uh, we're right at about 25 minutes. That we've been going? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Great, great question. Um, you know, uh, like I said, I just, I really believe that, that it's not the will of God for us to wake, wait to be used by him. And so that being said, um, I got the Holy Ghost at a very young age and I, um, I was, I was born into a pastor's home. So I, I was born into church. Mm -hmm. So I did, I did have a very early start. And so, um, as I grew older, you know, I just, I began, um, wanting to do something for God, wanting to be something for God. I always knew that I was going to be in ministry. I didn't know the the definition, the details, the fine print of that, but I always knew I wanted to do something for God. Mm -hmm. And so as I got older, I just, I just began, um, to respond to needs, um, such as, you know, I, I was, um, I was the church janitor at, at my church for, I think about five years. Um, I, I would clean the church. It was a need. It came open and I wanted to be an extra set of hands in the mm -hmm. kingdom. And so, um, I don't feel like my ministry now is in the spotlight, but it uh, definitely didn't begin there and it wasn't uh, started there. It was one of my first uh, ministry opportunities was cleaning yeah. the church. And, and then, of course, being involved in outreach and accompanying my father in Bible studies and just just being a part of whatever I could do, even if it meant that I was just in the room, even if it just meant if I was listening or didn't have the mic, so to speak, but just being a part, just being involved, observing, learning, growing. And then of course, as the need arose, taking on more responsibility. And uh, so I just, I just tried to look for needs, whatever needed to be done. Um, I read somewhere that if you have to be asked to do something, you're too late. And so mm -hmm. I just, I made it my mission. You know what? I, if, if my pastor has to ask me to do something, then, then I'm too late. I got proactive <laughs> yeah. and I, I, I literally, uh, if I could say it like this, would, would Google needs in the sense, like my mind was just always Googling what, what needs to happen, what needs to take place. What's, you know, if I walked onto my church parking lot and there was trash in the parking lot, I picked it up. Yeah. If, if, if I walked in and nobody was really engaged in pre-service prayer and creating an atmosphere, well, I was going to do my part to develop an atmosphere of, of prayer because I knew my pastor was counting on me. I knew the musicians and singers were, were didn't need to just be the only ones, you know, yeah. facilitating a move of yeah. God. I, I knew that uh, people would be there that, that needed to feel God. And, and so just in small little ways. And then later on, you know, pastor would have me do announcements and pastor would have me, you know, read a verse here and there. And the very first message, um, that I preached was, uh, when I was 14, I preached for my first time when I was 14 publicly. Um, I started preaching, uh, pretty soon in our home and, mm -hmm. um, and some funny childish moments. Um, but, I look back and I realized that God was in it. Mm -hmm. I was um, I was in the back seat, and um, my mom was asking my dad, you know, when when are you going to use Landon? This was when I was super young. I think I was probably around seven or eight. And uh, so you know what? When he gets a little older, and 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 when he when he knows that he's called, well, you know, we'll we'll start plugging him in. And in the back seat, I just said out of nowhere, I said, I laughed. I said, Dad, I'm already called. And both of them just got super silent. And uh, again, it was one of those things I just, I just said as a kid, but um, you know, again, there, there was something to it. And so I began, um, I would preach, I would, I would preach in our house and, uh, and play church, but yet there'd be times where I was crying because there was, there was just this 
um, transition happening. I, I was a young kid playing church in the home of a, a mom and dad who were a pastor and wife, so I was exposed to church stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there was this sensitivity, and God has his hand on me. But the first time I ever preached publicly was when I was 14. And mm. so then um, came college, and I'm just trying to hit the fast track of of my time and life. There's so many details, but yeah. um, I, I ended up going to Bible school for four years. I, I really debated whether I was going to go to secular school or not. Where'd you go? I went to TBC. Yeah, Ooh. I went to the college, Bible college in Texas. Ooh. And uh, I'll be honest, uh, and all my Texas friends have to close their ears, but uh, just naturally, growing up in Texas, you know, I wanted to go somewhere else. I wanted to go. Uh, we have several great Bible colleges, and I wanted to go yeah. fly under the radar. Yeah, so it was yeah. nothing towards TBC. It was no shade there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I wanted to. I wanted to just go do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that wasn't God's will, and I realized yeah. that uh, maybe it wouldn't have been the best for me to go somewhere and fly under the radar. Maybe I would have got away with too much. I don't know. But yeah. uh, <laughs> it was God's will for me to go to TBC, and so I went there, and um, and. God just really used that as a developing time in my life. And so uh, I thought I was going to come back to Dallas area and start a church. I really was convinced of that, really had a burden for that, really wanted to do that, kind of immerse myself in that. And while at college, the Lord started dealing with me about evangelizing. Mm -hmm. And so um, I was like, I don't know about this. It, It freaked me out a little bit, traveling the world and getting to go on vacation, you know, out of state, that's one thing, but preaching and, and having the responsibility to minister to other churches every weekend, I was just, it was a big load, and I, I, I really wrestled with it. Um, but there came a service where I just broke down, and I said, yes, I, I don't understand it. God, I don't have it all figured out, but I'm just going to say yes. And I learned a valuable lesson. God doesn't need our comprehension. He doesn't need our understanding. Yeah. He actually tells us not to lean our, on our own understanding. Yeah. And so I basically just said, okay, God, I give you my yes. I'm, I'm not giving you my comprehension or my understanding because I, I have no idea how this is going to work out. Um, and so when the Lord began to deal with me, he also began to deal with me about going overseas. And so I knew that my ministry would involve going overseas. And so uh, fast forward, um, this Thanksgiving will now be five years that I've been full-time and wow. uh, preaching um, for the most part um, practically every Sunday out of the year. Um, there's times I, um, you know, around the holidays, I try to get home and see my family. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I'm I'm somewhere preaching, and uh, I don't have an exact average. It changes. Obviously, I try to f- follow God's will, but normally I'm overseas probably about two to three months out of the year altogether. And, and uh, so God's just... God's just done some um, crazy things, and He's truly blown my mind. You know, we we say it all the time, but it's so true. We serve a God that can do exceedingly abundantly above yeah. all that we ask or think. Mm-hmm. So if you can't think it, how do you ask it? So all of us have God dreams. All of us have God prayers. God used me to do this. God used me to see this. God, I want to be involved in this. But what's so amazing about God? is that he truly is a mind-blowing God. Like yeah. That's not just a cute quote on Facebook or just yeah. something that is you know hanging up in a living room or just a back screen uh, inspiration. No, like we serve a God that will absolutely blow our minds, and I'm living proof of that. There's so many people that are ahead of me. There's so many people that have seen um, God do amazing, amazing things, and so I'm just on my personal path, but I am a testimony that, 
I just, I would have never dreamed that I would be where I am and have the experiences that I've had. And, and, um, and I'll just, I'll throw this out there. Um, I think it's so important that you just own your path because yeah. every single one of us are going to have a little bit different path. You know, mm-hmm. I, I said, I, I went to Bible school, you know, I really debated that because, you know, I had friends that went to secular school and didn't go to Bible school. I had friends that went to Bible school that didn't go to secular mm-hmm. school. I had friends that went to both. I had friends that went to neither. But I had to ask myself, okay, what does God want me to do? Because just because you go to Bible school doesn't make you spiritual. <laughs> just being real. And just because you go to secular school doesn't, uh, you know, make you carnal. Yeah. You you got to do what God wants you to do. Yeah, and so true. if that's there was true. anything during all of that that I would just kind of point out is that, number one, you have to own your path. But number two, you know what, if you'll take care of right now, and steward right now, God will take care of next. And so I don't want anyone to misunderstand me. I, I just, I went through my whole life in just a few seconds, but I had no idea everything that would transpire. I didn't know I was going to go to TBC. I didn't know I was going to evangelize. I didn't know I would be traveling overseas and preaching in crusades. I, I didn't know I would get the opportunity to come to SoCal and, you know, yeah. get to meet you guys and preach at a SoCal hyphen event. But I just would, I would try to steward what I was supposed to do in the moment. And whenever I did what I needed to do in the moment, whenever I was faithful in the, in the right now, God would always handle next. And I just saw that pattern. And so just, just to anyone listening that, you know, feels overwhelmed. Well, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen in the next few years. I don't know what's going to happen when I graduate college or when I get out of high school, or I just, I'm, I'm confused. You know what? You do what you need to do right now. Pray. Get a hold of God, getting your word, be submitted to your pastor. And God, the Bible says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro, looking, looking for those that he can show his power through. So I'm just yeah. convinced that God's not trying to play hide and seek with us. Yeah. But he's not going to reveal everything all at once because, yeah. man, if he did, we, 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 we couldn't handle it. We yeah. really couldn't handle it because, again— God has so, uh, not to sound cliche, but God has so many crazy things planned for our life that we honestly wouldn't believe it if he told us all right now. Yeah, yeah, man, that's that's really good. That's very true. Um, I think, I think the last thing that we the the last thing that we want to ask you, which I think it just kind of ties everything together. Um, what kind of advice do you have for young ministers overcoming a lot of this stigma and a lot of the a lot of the things that you know maybe even you had to overcome in getting to where you are um what would you say to those to those young those young people that is uh man that's such a loaded question um my brain is racing um because again i do realize those stigmas are out there and just being plain and just being real you know um Every single one of us are going to have different ones, you know. Uh, maybe you didn't grow up in church, and, uh, and 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 you've got a past, and 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 maybe you feel like you have the stigma of immaturity or, or condemnation, or maybe you did grow up in church and you made some wrong decisions, and 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 you know you just you feel like you had some loser moments, and and you you feel that stigma of shame, um, or maybe you were just you know you just kind of were the got it all together guy or diva girl and and and, you know there's that stigma of pride on you whatever stigma that is on us that 
that our, again, our life is kind of added to because, again, there's those stereotypes that people put on you that aren't true. But then there's those stigmas that, that come from our own life choices that that doesn't mean the stigma is true, but our life hasn't helped it be untrue either. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. number one, it doesn't matter who we are, where we are, what kind of past we've had. Every single one of us has the ability to be aware of those things that we haven't got right, to confront them and to change them. Our future is in God's hands and it's in our hands. And uh, and again, there's so many, you know, for me, I, uh, you know, uh, being a PK, you know, it, people could have easily thought that, you know, oh, I just was handed everything and, and I was uh, just had everything given to me on a silver spoon. I didn't have to work for anything. You know, I, I had to fight that, yeah. um, you know, going to Bible college, you know, there's the stereotype that, you know, you're just a, a know-it-all Bible, mm-hmm. Bible school student. Um, yeah. And, uh, e- you know, uh, even, even, you know, being a, a single person in ministry, you know, there's, there's even a stereotype that, oh, you know what, you're just a, you're just a, uh, you're just a ladies man or that you're just, you know, you're, if you're a girl, you're guy crazy. And, um, and so I think we have to be aware of that and yeah. we can't second guess ourselves. We can't, we shouldn't live to prove other people wrong. You know, mm-hmm. that's not the way to live. We just, we need to live in a way that is pleasing to God. Um, but I was aware of that, you know, I made up in my mind, you know what, I'm, I'm going to respect myself. Um, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to be that know-it-all Bible school student. I, I've got a lot to learn. I'm going to keep a spirit of humility. I'm, I'm not going to be that entitled PK. Uh, yeah. I, I'm going to fight for my own spirituality. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be a, 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 a single young man in ministry that, that someone can look to and say, you know what, they're they're just God's gift to women. Um, no, I'm I'm going to have self respect. I'm 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 going to treat everybody with dignity. I'm gonna I'm going to respect myself and and how I operate around others. And of course, that goes grow our guy. You know, if you're mm-hmm. if you're a guy, then then you need to conduct yourself with respect with the ladies and vice versa. Mm-hmm. If if you're a young lady that has ministry and calling, well. You know what? Your life is too short just to to be guy crazy and to be going after every other guy that comes along. No, you're you belong to God and and you owe your future, you owe your calling, that dignity to let God lead you. And so, you know, there there and and again, so many others stereotypes like I mentioned of just, you know, you know, all of us have, have made that mistake and just feel like that stigma is on us that, oh, you know what, we're just the guy that made the mistake in so-and-so's eyes or so-and-so's world. Uh, and But you know what? You can live a life in, of, of faithfulness and integrity, and you can, you can combat whatever stigma or stereotype has been placed on you. And uh, just to kind of just bring it full circle again, um, if anybody's been around me or heard me preach, they know that um, David comes to mind pretty often. I just, I, so many people have preached about David and told about David, um, but I, there's just so much fresh revelation that I see when I look at his story. And I've said this before, but I'll just say it again that, you know, again, David had that stigma. He was last, he was least, he was, yeah. he was ruddy. He was, um, you know, the Bible says that when Goliath came to him, he was like, "Man, you're you're just a cute boy. You're just a yeah. pretty boy. You're yeah. you're yeah. the you're the young runt. What are you doing coming to me?" And yet, as I said, I believe this weekend, you know, the same David that Goliath saw was the same David 
that God saw and the same David that Samuel anointed. So God saw our imperfections. He saw the stigmas. He saw the stereotypes, whatever it may be. God knew that you'd have some immaturity. God knew that, you would, that, that you may, you'd have some pride issues, that, that maybe you'd make some unwise choices. But you know what? He also saw what he could do for you and with you and in you. And whatever it is, if it did not cause God to disqualify you, don't disqualify yourself. Don't let the enemy disqualify you. And some stigmas and stereotypes and labels come from ourselves. Yeah. Sometimes we can be our, our worst enemy. And, uh, and so just to balance it all out, you know, again, I believe there's stigmas, there's stereotypes out there, but I also know there's some people that are just living their life to prove the haters wrong. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we should do that. You know what? We're living for God. Forget about the haters. You know what? We're, we've got an adversary. We've got attacks, and we've got people coming against us. But you know what? We're, we're, we're living our life not to prove a point. We're living our life to, to, please, to please God. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It matters um, what, 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 what God thinks. And, and our biggest enemy, our biggest hater, is oftentimes ourselves. So yeah. we, have to, we have to speak over our life the way that God has spoken over our life. And yeah. I'm not talking about just cliche, positive self-help, just, you know, talk yeah. yourself into a good mood. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. man, so many times we let our mind run wild and we let our inner voices run wild and, and we speak and we degrade the very thing that God created. We are God's creation. And we have to speak life over ourselves, over our calling, over our future. And we have to know that God is for us, but we have to believe in ourselves. And because we, God God believes in us. Yeah. But and we've got but we've got to see that. And so again, just to I guess to close it out, uh, because this is addressed to young men and, and young ladies, um, I just would say that, you know what, you're not too young. I can't say that enough. Um, and it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter the stigma. It doesn't matter the, the stereotype. It doesn't matter if your parents were in church, they weren't in church. It doesn't matter if you're fifth or 10th or 100th generation. Um, but or or if you're a, a first generation new convert and you're you're still you're still memorizing the books of the Bible, yeah. God can use you and God wants to use you. And and I said this this weekend, but I'll say it again. And you know, God bypassed all of David's brothers because they were they were physical men, but they were spiritual babies. And he went after David, who was the physical uh, baby, but he was the spiritual man. So forget about your age. How old are you in prayer? How old are you in consecration? How old are you in submission? Because God can God can advance your spiritual years just like that. And and he can use you. And so um, not from someone above you, but from someone alongside you, because I'm just I'm just another brother. Uh, I believe in us. I believe in our generation and the millennials. And, and God is backing us. Um, the elders are backing us. Our pastors are pa backing us. And it is an amazing time to be alive. And yeah. if if we didn't have what it took, we wouldn't be here. But we do. And so we can't be entitled. We just have to be stewards. But we have to stand on God's word and know that he's placed us here. And we do, by his grace and by his help, truly have what it takes. Yeah. Amen. Wow. That, 
I think that answers the question. <laughs> um, man, that's that's really really good. I know. Um, even just me personally, I've 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 fought a lot of those uh, a lot of those same thoughts within myself. I've been I've been my own biggest hater um, in a, in a lot of ways, and uh, you know it's it can be it can be really tough sometimes. But I think the the most important thing to remember is, like you said, you just what does your prayer life look like? What is what is all that? Are you that's that's where it really that's where it really comes from, and that's where you know I think it all kind of begins. And Absolutely. Yeah. It's Absolutely. Really, really important. Well, and I'll just, I'll add this. There's not enough time for it. We can cut it out. But, no, go for it. Um, you know, we, we, we talk about pride. You know, it's that, it's that egotistical person that says, oh, I can do anything. Mm-hmm. But pride also shows up in the form of, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do anything mm-hmm. because it's still about I, I, mm-hmm. I, I. Yeah. So if God, if, if the enemy can't get us through ego, he'll get us through insecurity. Wow. If he, if he can't get us to lift ourselves up and fall, then he'll get us to bring ourselves down and, yeah. and to just to, to speak down about our talents that God has given us and our giftings mm-hmm. that God has given us. And so we have to be careful of the back door of pride. Yeah. And that's, low self-esteem and and insecurity and we have to make sure that we don't um, give in to insecurity in the name of humility mm-hmm. because some humility is just truly being scared and truly being insecure we need to be confident enough to know that God can use us and yet humble enough to know that God can use anybody else mm-hmm. but we yeah. need both we need that humility that you know what You've got giftings and callings, and you can shine bright, and God can use you in amazing ways. I have to have the humility for that, but I also have to have the confidence to know that God wants to use me as well. But the balance is, I don't think that he wants to use me more than you, and I don't think he wants to use you more than me. I think he can use us together. And so you got to have both because, you know, again, God gives you an opportunity to witness to someone. And it'd be so easy to say, you know what? Oh, I'm not ready. I'm, I'm not prepared. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I'm not the one. Well, the adversary has just blocked an opportunity, not out of ego, but out of insecurity. And so we all deal with it. We're all human, but we just have to process it. How do we process it? Again, by humility, by confidence. Who is that confidence in? That confidence is, is God, because ultimately I can do all things. You can do all things. How? Through Christ Through Jesus. Christ, yeah. yeah, yeah. Man, that's good. Well, thank you for coming on, Landon. Yes. Um, it, it, like I said, we've been, we've been trying to, we've, we've been wanting to do this episode from the very beginning. So it's, it's really cool to sat down and had this conversation. It's, uh, I think, uh, I think this will definitely, I know, I feel like I've already kind of <laughs> received a little bit of a blessing from this and, and you know, I listen to it back over. I know this is going to be an episode I'll like to listen to multiple times, and hopefully, uh, some this can help someone else out there too. But, um, anyways, uh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I something. just want to again say thank you, and I, I appreciate you guys having me, and I love you guys very much, yeah. man. You guys are battle bros, and and again, I just um, I, I I I love the SoCal district, and and every person that's been so kind to me. It's just um, 
you know, it's just an amazing, amazing area. And so yeah. I, I got to give a, a SoCal shout out. And of course, to every yeah. other one of your viewers and listen, well, I, I guess I should say listeners. Listeners, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I, I pray that they're blessed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, man. Well, we love you. We love having you. Um, if, uh, right now we're going to, we're going to plug our, our social media. We, uh, you know, you can follow us at the manifest at the manifest podcast. You can follow, follow Carl at, at furious Carl, me at, uh, Lorcal. And then, uh, what's your, uh, your social media, uh, Landon that they can, they can follow you at. Um, oh man, you're putting me on the spot. I think it's Landon underscore Gore. Okay, cool. Cool. There you go. You can follow us on there and, uh, Yeah. If you want to keep up with us, keep up and stay tuned with the podcast. Um, we have some more, some more exciting stuff coming up soon. Um, exciting announcements, uh, all of that, but uh, just stay tuned. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you like what you heard, please consider rating and sharing with friends.